So happy to be here tonight. It is 6.55, ladies and gentlemen, on the East Coast. And um, broadcasting live from the docks of the old parachute factory here in Westchester. Syndicated around the globe via you and everybody you know at home. So, what are we going to do? As you might hear from the quality of the microphone and the uh, ambiance of the room, I am back. I'm back home. The show's home, that is, at the studio. The studio location that we built in 2015, the big brother of the old studio that we built in 2009, which was just a physical manifestation of our dreams that we, that we made in our bedrooms in 2006. So, we're still on that timeline, and boy, oh boy, is there a lot to talk about tonight. Because Easter is behind us. I hope it was a wonderful Easter for many of you out there. It certainly was one of healing and, and comfort of family and, and just uh, relaxing and, and getting myself ready for a first official week back with a full uh, schedule of work. Got a lot of band practices coming up because, of course, we had to reschedule the show at at the uh, at the venue for the 14th to the 27th so we got two more weeks should be extra sharp right you'd hope so 
But we got that. We got great guests coming on. Uh, Kathy O'Brien will be coming on this week. Also will be Adam Krigler. Adam was one of uh, uh, Tim Cast, Tim Pool's old um, co-hosts. They have had a falling out, I think, or something like that. But they're no longer working together. Anywho. I've been wanting to have Adam on this show for a long time, and it is going to be—it's uh, going to be a good time this week. Then Friday night we should have um, a little bit of t- little bit of time together as well. So I am looking to get you, uh, get down to it. It's a progress report evening tonight, and it's a stark, raving, mad world, as you know. We have to get to in the second half at least uh, the disappearance. And unfortunately, what many people are speculating as the the possible death of Gonzalo Lira. And uh, we'll talk about that in the second half. In the first half, a little bit of the InfoWars bankruptcy thing. Might want to tune into into TalkStream Radio to see what the hell's going on on that channel. Um, But we'll do that. But everything else is really just a matter of the groomers. That's right. The groomers. Because, of course, those are who uh, control society right now and, and are, are fighting, fighting tooth and nail to maintain control over who gets to turn our children into the next generation of fucking unhinged psychopaths. They got several layers of these, these cleanup crews that they have working for them. That is the media and a legion of psychotherapists. That's all these people have. They have the law, so I should say they have lawyers. They have the special interest groups, the NGOs, the teachers, but it's the psychotherapists and the media. Those are their biggest cleanup crews right here um, as they continue their operation to destroy future generations of uh, what was what used to be Americans. We're in a post-American uh, existence over here in the geographical U.S., so we're going to talk about that tonight because holy hell, some of the things I saw, of course, it started in Florida because Florida banned uh, somewhere around 50 different types of textbooks, including some math textbooks that had found ways of incorporating these sick race-based uh, social theories into what you would think would be hard applied sciences and, uh, and, and mathematics, things that there would be no room for the crazy subjective deconstructionism that is the left. These, these, these freaks, they need a padded room. They all do. They all do. But it's going to tie into most everything that we discussed tonight. And hopefully we are able to take some calls and I have a, a nice little piece of Good Friday Did You Know that I wish I had seen on Good Friday, but I didn't see it until later on that night. So we're going to have a lot of, a lot of interesting things to jump around with tonight as we kick off this new week in a new body, a completely new physical body. Every once in a while I get these little waves of fatigue, but even those are, uh, those are less and less now, and I'm feeling just really good. Last night was the first night that me and Lauren slept in the same bed in about uh, 10 days. So that was nice. That was nice. Apparently she apparently I I I got too used to being in the bed alone and I took up too much of the mattress. So I have to get back to my little mattress tag that I'm usually sleeping on. The I sleep on a mattress tag. <laughs> I got a little bit too brazen last night. I I probably claimed <laughs> claimed two extra feet for myself. 
So, but I was, uh, <clears throat> she was very nice about it all. It was great to have her back. All right. So, what are we doing tonight? What are we doing tonight? First thing up is I'm going to sp- I'm going to spend a couple of couple of moments thanking my uh, thanking my sponsors, and that is that is BlueMonsterPrep.com. Go to BlueMonsterPrep.com. Speak the Pat and Gina. It is time. It's time to put the pedal to the metal, ladies and gentlemen. You need insurance that not many people are thinking about right now, and that's insurance that you can eat, insurance that you can drink, insurance that you can charge up through the power of the sun and uh, and, and you know power a transistor radio, uh, the insurance of being able to speak to people using the human voice over the course of uh, you know several miles without having a cell phone. Two-way radios, anything else you need, it is time to put the pedal to the metal and prepare. Get to quitefrankly.tv. You can go to the uh, the affiliates page and find the link there. You can go in the description of this episode. Or you can go to bluemonsterprep.com. Just keep it in mind and use promo code FRANKLY for all of your shipping needs taken care of. There you have it. Pat and Gina, get over there and uh, let them know what you need or tell them if you don't know what the hell you need. And they're going to spend some time with you, and everything's going to be well. It's going to be better than it was, at least. Thank you, ladies and gents. Thank you, ladies and gents. All right, what else do I have in these... These, um... What do I have? No, I already told you about all my upcoming guests. So we don't have to do that anymore. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's do it. We're jumping right into the beginning of the grab bag. It's our first grab bag back in the studio. Are you excited? Many of you are. I can feel the excitement boobling. Boobling. Boobling around. And, um... And yes. Let's see here. Study finds. Study finds. Jeez. Old habits die hard, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, oh, old habits die hard. There's a black screen there that I was supposed to... (laughs) There you go. Studyfinds.org. Next stop, heaven. Two in three people say that they're not afraid of what happens after death. That's good for them. Is there really an afterlife? While most people think humans will never be able to prove uh, prove what happens after death, half of adults still believe their spirit lives on somewhere. The new survey of over 1,000 people in the United Kingdom, commissioned by Spirit Shack LTD, finds 50% of respondents believe in an afterlife. Of this group, 60% believe everyone experiences the same thing when they die, regardless of their individual beliefs. However, two in three believe, uh, believe scientists will never be able to tell us what really happens when someone passes away. Regardless of whether people think that they're going to heaven, 55% say they do, or worry that their life choices could end up sending them to hell, 58% believe in that as well. The poll finds that 68% of all respondents have no fear of what comes next. However, 69% would rather live another life after leaving this one instead of simply seeing their existence end. 
As for what people think of heaven or hell may be like, 28% say their religion has shaped their opinions, while another 23% say personal experience with death molded their views. Overall, one in four think that people go to heaven or hell. 16% believe they'll exist in a spiritual realm, and 16% believe in reincarnation. We are going to have, uh, <clears throat> the next time that we have a, a Saturday night special, I'm bringing on this this uh, a a guest. His name is Bill, and Bill is going to talk a little bit about reincarnation because he he is the reincarnated Thomas Andrews, who of course was the chief architect designer of the Titanic. He also died on the Titanic, so I have a lot of questions for him, and so th so that'll be sometime in April. I know that'll. A lot of, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of people say, no, no thanks, no thanks, not coming to that one. <laughs> so, for the, everybody else who just wants to have a good time with me, I will see you there for that one. Thomas Andrews, the Thomas Andrews, going to be with us uh, over 100 years after he died. That is the beauty of, quite frankly, where the hell else are you going to get that interview? All right, <clears throat> let's see here. Let's see here. Moving on to something else. Moving on to something else. Here is from Daily Wire. Headline, there is no sex tape. Twitter confused as a DeSantis, a Ron DeSantis challenger, Nikki Freed, appears to start a rumor about herself. I was wondering what the hell was going on with this too. And then when this article came out and I realized, oh my God, did she actually do this about herself? Because I couldn't find anything about this, um, about this this supposed sex tape of this this girl Nikki Freed. All I had found of her was this this video of a campaign stop she had made, where literally only ten people showed up. So it made perfect sense as to why she was making a fake rumor about a sex tape, because nobody knows who she is, nor do they give a shit. <clears throat> nobody, uh, nobody cares. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I have an idea. I will, I will denounce a rumor that never got started. And then people will find that my ideas are fantastic. Nope. Democrat Nikki Freed, who is challenging incumbent governor Ron DeSantis, is denying the explosive claim she appeared in a sex tape. Meanwhile, no one seems to know where the rumor came from. <laughs> This is like a, an episode of The Office. Uh, Ma'am, thank you for clarifying, but the question about how you would allocate excess funds from the state budget, Stephanie L. Miller quipped in reply. No one. Absolutely nobody. Literally zero previous tweets ever. And then suddenly, Nikki Freed, there is no sex tape. Here it is. She, oh, what, she deleted the tweet? Oh, oh, there you go. It's absurd that I have to dignify this, but there is no sex tape. Sorry to disappoint. Also, sorry, basically every successful woman that has to deal with these types of rumors. Oh, how pathetic. Oh, how pathetic. Just always remember, and you're going to need this piece of information in your head as we go throughout the evening tonight. Just remember that Pew study. The study from Pew. In 2020 that showed exactly everything we needed to know, especially about women on the left, that 
progressivism and women, mentally ill women, is the, 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 the rate of what is probably undiagnosed is unbelievable. Because what has been confirmed in progressive women as far as diagnosed mental illness and in no demographic demographic worse than white progressive women. Keep all that in mind tonight because, of course, it will be relevant. But here you go again, Nikki Freed. Enjoy, enjoy. If this was a sane society, once again, into the padded room she would go. And uh, that this would be a... This would be a footnote. Now, here is the postmillennial.com. Here, this is, this is also very disturbing, but... Um, it's in theme with the evening. Headline, watch a Seattle man with self-inflicted knife wound exposes himself after setting a car on fire. Here's a man in Seattle who is stabbing himself in the neck. And his, uh, his wee-wee is blocked out. But he is peeing all over himself as he's stabbing himself in the neck across the street from a uh, crossover vehicle some sort of an Acura or whatever that he set on fire. This is Seattle, Washington. A man suffering from an alleged mental health crisis, that's one way of putting it, caused a shocking scene in Seattle, Washington on Tuesday, which has since gone viral across social media. In the video posted to Twitter by Jessica Block, the man can be seen posted, uh, posted up against a building with a self-inflicted knife wound to the neck while exposing his genitals as he peed on the sidewalk. A car is doused in flames on the other side of the street. There he is. Just peeing and stabbing himself in the neck. But of course, he'll be elected mayor. <laughs> That's what's gonna. He's gonna be the next mayor of Seattle. You want to put money on it? Okay, email me. I'll put a dollar on it. If he is not the mayor of Seattle, the next go around, I don't know what. Then, then something's wrong here. Now, speaking of, and uh, speaking of, uh, wee wees trying to keep all the children in mind. In fact, I should have told you guys, uh, children, turn away. There's some disturbing things happening on the show tonight. Well, this is for this is for the rest of Americans. Everybody needs to know this because I'm I'm quite frankly ashamed. I am completely ashamed of what we have become. Here's the headline from the Sun. American men's penises, peni, are only the 59th biggest in the world. That's what immigration does for you. American men's peni are only the 59th biggest in the world, study finds, beaten by Haitians, Australians, and the French. The French. How dare they? Now, this gets worse as it goes on. American men's penis is only 59, 59th biggest in the world. The average length of 5.35 inches is shorter than Haitian, French, and Aussie counterparts, although 3.5 inches longer than Mark Swan. Here is the schlong list. This is, this is just, I, I cannot believe what I'm about to read to you. Ecuador is number one. 
Ecuador is number one, nearly seven inches long. I cannot believe this. Cameroon, 6.56. Bolivia, Sudan, Haiti, number five. Then we jumped to uh, 11, is France. Uh, Italy must be like number six or seven at least, because then it jumps to 11. France, oh, then it jumps to 39. Germany, 5.7. Australia, Spain, India, US at 59. And now here's the crazy thing. We are only two spots away from all the Asian countries. From all of the Asian countries. 61 is Japan. We've got them edged by 0.01 inches. They're 5.34 inches. And the U.S. on average is 5.35. This is unbelievable. You know what word comes to mind when you think of that? Hmm? Pathetic. You're damn right, Gordon Bombay. I had to get Gordon Bombay on the on the uh, on the on the schedule here tonight. And now here's the funny thing: once you get into these the 59 to 70s, this is the hilarious thing. Now we're in Asia territory. Oh, there's the UK. Oh, at least we got them beaten. Thank God. But then again, the UK has been importing a lot from Asia. The UK is like 90% Asia now. Japan, South Korea, 65. The UK, 66. China, 68. And then at 70, smaller than China is Ireland. Oh, the Irish curse. We've heard all about that. I didn't know it was that bad, though. Jeez. Taiwan at 85. Cambodia at 86. What's the point? What is the point? My gosh. What do you think about that again, uh, Coach Bombay? You know what word comes to mind when you think of that? Hmm? Pathetic. <laughs> you see Charlie at the end. He's like, damn it. Well, what are we going to do? There's nothing I can do to help you. Nobody at home can do anything. It's about the new crop. We've got to fertilize. We've got to do some fertilizing here or something. I don't know. 7.15, that's it. That's it for the opening. We're going to come back on the other end, and we're going to go deeper into the mess. Democracy manifest. Deeper into the mess. Welcome to, quite frankly, we are back on the horse, if I do say so myself. Share the show far and wide. We're going to keep it pumping out on all of the platforms that we can. And I will see you on the opposite side of this intro. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
Hey. Okay, so I am... I just heard that we had some problems with the foxhole. I, I, uh, it was broadcasting over here. I had no error messages, so I restarted it, and I alerted Matt1776 on foxhole, see if he can toggle something on his end in the course of this broadcast. But we are running pretty light over here. We have a very strong connection. We are not overburdened, so it's not on my end. And uh, I hope things that uh, things clear up over there because, of course, wonderful to have as many people watching on the website as possible. And we had a great weekend. Great weekend. Uh, I, uh, there's going to be more on there for the holidays going forward. I did not realize how 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 little there was to download on the internet as far as in, uh, Easter movies goes. Um, as far as the religious films go. I love all the classic ones. I had not seen The Robe in so many years. And I was like, I wanted to get The Robe, Ten Commandments, King of Kings. We were able to get uh, Jesus of Nazareth up over the weekend. So that was that was uh, fine. That, that played through once or twice. But a lot of people were like, get Prince of Egypt up there. And we just, I couldn't find anything. So I am on a, a new mission to start having physical archives of all these really great movies for certain holidays and, and whatever. And I already have a lot saved up for things like Christmas and 4th of July and Halloween. I just realized how, how, how slim we were with all the Easter picks. So don't worry, ladies and gents, uh, we will have something ready for you later on. All right, uh, let's see here. Oh, I have a little bit of a problem on Foxhole. That's what it was. I did not... Give me a moment. Give me a really quick moment here. Because I forgot that I was supposed to, boom, put in a new RTMP. I think this should actually work out nicely now. All right, I'm going to restart that in just a moment. Let's get into some other news before... I get into the weeds there. And welcome to everybody across all platforms. Zero Hedge, something rotten in the state of Shanghai's latest lockdown numbers. The COVID stuff. And now, I don't know if you guys had seen this, but they are in the midst of an, another insane lockdown trend in China. Tens of millions of people affected by it. Uh, it's all the same kind of media that's getting out that we saw in early 2020 with people being fused inside of their homes. Uh, if you get uh, people trying to avoid getting tested at all costs, if you test positive, they, they steal you away. Uh, you see all the, the, the images and the videos of wailing women and, and uh, not you know screaming inside of, inside of quarantine facilities. You never know what the hell you're watching. You don't know where it came from. You don't know who sponsored it, where where it all originates from. But it's happening all over again. And they're providing the rest of the world these very weird numbers about things. I also got an email about this that I would like to, uh, I'd like to talk about in just a moment. Here you go. Something is rotten in the state of Shanghai's latest COVID lockdowns. 
Make no doubt about it, there's something seriously disturbing about the state of recent COVID lockdowns taking place in Shanghai, even for China. Here's what the outbreak looks like. If we are to believe the numbers coming out of China, you'll have to excuse me for being frank, but I simply don't believe them. China has lied about nearly everything since the beginning of the pandemic, and they certainly don't have the rest of the world's best interest in mind now that they are allying with Russia economically. Uh, And this, this, this spike here comes from the New York Times. Rather, I believe the numbers are likely being exaggerated one way or the other, just as I believe China does with their macroeconomic data, in order to meet the needs of whatever agenda the CCP is trying to push. We are here uh, two years into COVID with an ample time behind us to have studied the virus, developed vaccines, boosters and therapeutics, and allowed the natural immunity to spread. And China is locking down the city of 26.3 million people at the first sign of a couple of cases of COVID. The actions China has taken to implement this round of lockdowns have been dystopian and Orwellian, to say the least. For example, according to the New York Times, all international flights to and from Shanghai have been halted. Many roads to the city's two airports have also been closed. The government performed PCR tests on 25.67 million people. The government has not allowed residents to go to the grocery stores. And the government has put together tens of thousands of cots in two convenient centers as quarantine centers, but they don't have showering facilities. And of course, they are getting all of these these videos of people screaming outside of their homes again, which I wouldn't be able to tell you whether or not this is from 2020 or now. And even 2020, people were, were wondering who's letting these out. Uh, and where is it all coming from? Is this the CCP is actually behind this? We don't know. But I got an email. I got an email about the craziness going on out there. And I just got re- re- reports now that quite frankly TV, the stream on quite frankly TV is absolutely perfect now. So um, I had to troubleshoot that. It was on my end. I didn't put the, so you can go there and hang out if you'd like. And, um, And here's what we got. This is from a friend of the show, Angie. Angie says, hi, Frank, just in case you're interested in a firsthand account with my friend in Shanghai, every week for the past four years, I've spent an hour on Skype with my friend in Shanghai. He's been locked down for almost four weeks now. Everybody's being tested in the streets. If you test positive, they take you away. If you have pets, they will kill them. I saw that as well. I saw that as well. That once you get taken away, there is this, this, this dump truck that comes along and they just break your dog's necks in the streets and just throw them into a a pile of dead pets. I actually saw that Grace, um, really graceful. Grace had had shared that on Twitter. It's always seen that crap. I mean, that was, that's just stuff. The animal cruelty stuff is just something that happens there no matter what. Uh, around the time that they were still seriously trying to push the bat soup thing is when everybody was starting to revisit what actually is going on in those Chinese wet markets, the meat markets, which are the most appalling sites on the planet. There is no doubt about it. I am sure there are plenty of ways you can get sick and people do get sick there, especially if you haven't grown up there your whole life and are not accustomed to the kind of pathogens that are just you know, commonplace. They are some of the most disgusting sights you'll ever see in your life. 
the things that people force themselves to eat, and then you see dogs being cooked alive. It's it's just in, incredibly sad. So uh, not to say that something barbaric is not always happening in China. Something increasingly weird is happening again now. The email continues. Everybody's being tested in the streets. If you test positive, they take you away. If you have pets, they'll kill them. If you have children, they will take them from you. All shops and restaurants are ordered closed. There is very little food arriving into Shanghai, the largest city in China, maybe in the world. People are ordered to stay inside. My friend says the Chinese people are getting very angry. The government keeps reporting a rise in cases, but people don't seem to be getting very sick from COVID, and nobody seems to be dying from it. Because of this, people are confused. Some are jumping from windows. When I spoke to my friend last Saturday, he had one day left of food. Last night, I saw him on Skype and was relieved to see that he had finally received some food. He works for a very large European company in their Shanghai office, and they arrange for food deliveries to all of their employees. Others in his apartment complex are not so lucky. He is quietly sharing his food. He says that although people aren't dying of COVID, many people are indeed dying in their homes from other conditions because hospitals are refusing to treat people. The old people have no way to get their medications. People with serious health conditions like cancer, asthma, heart disease, or kidney disease are dying in their homes because there is no way to get medical attention or emergency care. My friend is very fortunate so far. He's running low on alcohol, but now he has enough food to trade with his neighbors for more. For the first time, I'm encouraging him to keep drinking just because it keeps him calm and also because it might be what is keeping his COVID test from turning positive. If his test turns positive, they will take him away. People are dying in Shanghai because of the lockdowns, but COVID is not killing the people. The Chinese people are confused and angry. Nobody knows why the government is doing this. Nobody knows. Just sharing this personal account. Angie. So, um... So that's going on there. With all the problems we have, <clears throat> we're not there yet. Certainly not. Then we have this. I want to turn into where we are going. <clears throat> this is from RT, written by uh, Ian Miles Chung. This is the guy I'd love to have on the show. I've been following him for a long time, so when I saw him publish this, I snagged it up. It went perfectly with my theme for the evening, which is a stark raving mad world. And we are planting the seeds for generations that are so beyond the pale, so gone, so crazy. Here's the headline. Liberal gender ideologies imposed on children could change Western civilization for generations. Already has. Leftists are pushing to promote queerness to minors in schools, projecting adult insecurities and undermining traditional values. Left-wing pedagogical efforts to introduce gender ideology into the classroom have by and large slipped under the notice of parents who are only now becoming aware of the impact on children. Some call it ideological capture, others call it grooming. Kids are being exposed to drag shows, pride parades organized by local school boards, transgenderism, and the LGBT-based curricula. Children are instructed to question their gender and sexuality. It's all being done for the sake of affirming the choices of adults who often struggle with their own identities. This is exactly what I was talking about 
with George Alexopoulos about why uh, it is, you know, you, we're talking about some really emotionally disturbed adults who can never actually have normal relationships with other normal adults. You can't, which is why they have become the kings and the queens of these elementary school and younger domains where they are not only uh, looked up to and accepted, where they know they are going to have a hard time becoming accepted for the, the, the freakish the freakish creatures that they have made themselves into and have been made of them. But they also want to make sure that they are, you know, they, they have some kind of peer, a place where they can rule as the king or the queen, but also find peers in a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, people who they can look at as uh, some kind of a weird equal where they can affirm each other, validate each other's feelings, because you need to be a five-year-old to live in the world of this leftist uh, crazy shit. You have to be a five-year-old to live there and to, to think that it makes any kind of sense and that it's a sustainable. It's not. There's a little bit more here I wanted to show. Um, this, is, this, is, this is the news of the day, while the news over the weekend... But it's been getting around a little bit more today because people are catching up. Here's the headline from Florida Times Union. Florida Department of Education rejected more than 50 mathematics, mathematics textbooks for failing to meet Florida's new learning standards or because they, quote, contained prohibited topics, end quote, that included references to critical race theory. These are mathematics textbooks. I don't know if they expand. I didn't look any further to see if they've expanded into history, social studies, whatever, because, of course, that would just be a cover-to-cover bloodbath. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And you want to see a little bit of what's going on in this? This one woman, Christina Pushaw, uh, she came out and collected a couple, just a couple of things, pages out of uh, math homework that were being distributed in a school district in Missouri. So it's not just Florida. You know, Florida's taking a little bit more of a concerned view on this kind of a thing. But listen to this. Here are two math homework questions featuring Maya Angelou. All right? Taking Maya Angelou and turning her into math questions. Here's the first one. Angelou was sexually abused by her mother's blank at age eight, which shaped her career choices and motivation for writing. Now, apparently, the right answer is the mother's boyfriend, but it's attached to two two sets of numbers, zero and two, which are then plugged into these uh, you know, uh, this algebra equation up top, the integers there, they are plugged into these equations to see exactly. So you're getting a little bit of math, so you can see that zero and two are plugged in, and you know three x plus six y equals twelve, and which one is it? But you're also getting a little bit of Maya Angelou's sexual uh, abuse history. There, too. This is math. Here's question number five. X equals Y 
minus 1. y equals negative 4x plus 21. Now here is how you're going to, uh, you're going to get all of the, the factors you need to solve the equation. Trying to support her son as a single mother, she, Maya Angelou, wor worked as a pimp, a prostitute, and blank. The right answer being a nightclub dancer. I didn't know that about Maya Angelou, that she was a pimp and a prostitute, but makes you understand why the left loves her so much. So uh, this, is, this is going on in Missouri, ladies and gentlemen, and that's supposed to, supposedly a garnet red state. So I'm saying, and we've talked about it before, these are institutions. These are tumors that are everywhere. Everywhere. You can go move out of New York. You can move out of uh, uh, Rhode Island and go find yourself a nice little sanctuary in Kentucky. It does not mean you're going to get away from the doctors and the teachers and the psychotherapists and the lawyers that are everywhere. There's no running. There is no running. And as far as taxes goes, uh, there's no running from the, 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 the federal tax code is unbelievable. Why even move? Save a couple thousand dollars from the state? Living in New York? What the hell's even matter? We are completely trapped. We got to just hunker down wherever we are and fight. I just don't know. Until there's nothing left to fight for, it just doesn't matter. Who knows? But this is just the kind of stuff that's being found everywhere. It's not even in, in Florida. Here's another one. Critical gender theory injected into a math, math class too. Again, not in Florida. I forget where this was. Um, here's a math question found on Prodigy, a math program that uh, this one person, Marianne Jensen, uses in their county. Let me see if I can find out where she's at. Oh, I don't know. Here's the math question. You ready? A class has 30 students. There are 15 students that identify as non-binary. What is the ratio of other genders to non-binary students? Is it A, 15 to 1, or B, 1 to 1? Of course, it would be 1 to 1 if it's 15 to 15. And that's, a, that's the, the kind of society they're trying to create here. By grooming people into thinking that, yes, 50% or more of society are uh, non-white, non-binary, gender-questioning, queer people instead of the high end of 3%. And as far as those who are having gender dysphoria problems, uh, then you're, you're talking about less than 1%. But this is all part of psychological grooming. Sex is a huge part of it because they have chosen sex as the battlefield. That is, that's it. I mean, th this is why, they, I mean, they've chosen it as the battlefield. We'll, we'll get into more of it. Here, here's a great example for you. Here is a great example for you. Now, what is this? Where did I take this in? One second. Okay, yeah. So here's an example of a uh, group of college professors, I believe, or at least administrators. Here's a guy's name is David Fra Finkelhor. I think that we have seen this before, but it's making the rounds again. 
This is in the University of New Hampshire. He's a uh, professor out there, and he's talking about how it is ineffective, how ineffective it is to assume that a sexual relationship that's been struck up between adults and children is always predatory, pred- predatory or criminal. It's not. You cannot assume that every time a uh, a uh, a uh, an adult manages to strike up a sexual relationship with a child that it's a predatory thing. Listen to this. Um, also, if young people are initiating sexual activities with adults or enthusiastically involved, we can't be effective in working with them. Oh, so young people are striking it up with the adults. You know, the adults are just, are, are completely, they're helpless to their charm. That's the, you, what are you going to do? This is like a completely charming 10-year-old. Um, if we assume that all such relationships start with a predatory or criminally inclined, inclined adult, the, as, as we see in the discussion, young people bridle at being forced into this uh, box of being seen as being the victim of a predator. And so there are reasons for learning about what the dynamics are and, and how to talk about them so that we can... Um, better help the young people who they better help the young people and to and and to protect creeps like him god knows what's on his computer at home and of course he's the only man or male on the on this board of professors and administrators at the university of new hampshire that's what the that's the higher ups now it's always predatory always always for the mere fact that the only person in this relationship that is budding that actually understands the kind of entanglement that comes along with sexual encounters is the adult that's the only one who actually understands what's getting uh, what is what is happening there and what is actually tied to this engagement but this is what the psychotic grooming left is all about it's about this obtuse um, uh, th- th- about being obtuse about the lasting impacts of their ideas and what kind of impacts they have on people because as long as they receive some immediate political benefit or some kind of accolade or some kind of personal comfort, then to hell with the fallout. And in fact, the long term, it's a two-sided thing. You have the immediate benefit in some way for these, these abuser types, and then you have, you have the long-term fallout which I believe obviously is probably the greatest benefit of this kind of programming because you're thrusting children into complex, manic adult situations so that they have trouble actually um, you know, judging reality for themselves, probably for the rest of their lives. And then you create creatures like this. This is from uh, Libs of TikTok, a very well-adjusted uh, girl who is having a meltdown on the internet. That's what women do. Remember the Pew study, 2020. Listen to this. I'm giving this dude one last chance to get the fucking point. This, we don't like this. Now, what is she saying she doesn't like for those of you in podcast land? It is a tweet that says, teachers have no business teaching kids about sexual orientation and gender identity at this age. That's the parent's job. Okay? So she doesn't like it. So let's listen to what the uh, the crazy lunatic for the rest of her life has to say. Giving this dude one last chance to get the fucking point. This, we don't like this. My community specifically does not like this. Oh, you see, you saw the eyes. There you go. There she is. Lost. Gone. Gone. If 
that ter- if this was your your child, you don't have a child anymore. Whatever you gave birth to is gone, and all that remains is that. And they've got the they've got the the zoom. They got the zoom thing going on. They got the head thing going on. This crazed eyes. It's gone. Whatever you gave birth to. I'm sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. Uh, but maybe maybe there's some kind of maybe there's some kind of life changing moment, a near death experience, a come to Jesus moment. However, you know, things happen. Things happen. But um, but yeah, no, this one's lost. I like this. You want to know why personally I don't like this? Because when it's the parents' problem, that's how you get homophobic kids. That's how you get kids like me with internalized homophobia until they're like 18 or 19 because they finally started going to fucking therapy. Uh, And the therapy worked great, obviously. Therapy worked fantastic for this creature. If my parents had their way, I wouldn't know shit about the gay community. What do you need to know about the gay community? What do you need to know about the, oh, I wouldn't know shit about the gay community. You know, you know, I didn't even know that underneath the ground, there's just a community of gay people. Like, it's Fraggle Rock. Like, I wouldn't even know that Fraggle Rock existed! What do you need to know about the gay community? Gay people eat, they sleep, they shit like the rest of us, they pay their bills. What do you need to know? I didn't know they existed. Or my own legitimate sexual identity. I came out to them when I was 16. Whoa, Zoom. You want to know what they told me? They told me I was going to unalive myself because of this. I was an already depressed teenager. So when you say it's the parents' problem, understand that the parents are not going to make the best decision. They're not going to educate their kids. If it weren't for public school, I wouldn't know shit about the gay community. What? It is the most pointless life she's living. The most pointless life she's living. If it weren't for public schools and this army of priests in the New Age cult, the psychotherapist, the, the, the teachers, everybody, everybody going there like it's a Burger King play pit, jumping in the ball pit, everybody playing with themselves, trying to figure out what the hell their dick is and what their vaginas are. Uh, I, this is... Unbelievable. And it is everywhere. Say, oh, this is one crazy person. It is everywhere. You can spend your every waking moment of every day because the internet has encouraged these crazy, aimless children to spew this all day to report on what is going on inside their classrooms as if they are they are leading this this charge this new evolution in society when they are really they are circling the drain and um, and when you look into the eyes of the future generations and you see this holy hell there's gonna be one hell of a fight coming one hell of a fight coming now it, it's the perfect crime it really is the perfect crime. And this is what the, 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 the psychotic grooming left is really all about. Um, you, you, you go and you pollute the culture through entertainment, in schools. You turn the children into these depressive, promiscuous, um, 
nutcases and, and you employ, then again, these these cleanup crews of psychotherapists to make sure that all of the abused, groomed children never find anyone at fault except their parents. They never find any kind of solution except going deeper into the psychosis. Going deeper into the subjective uh, picking apart of reality. Never again. It's the perfect crime. It really is. Because it took a couple of generations of parents believing that their children were in good hands to just let them be and every generation got worse and worse, more brazen to the point where now you can't, you can't fix it. Here's another one. Here's another one. Uh, this will make you feel nice and cozy inside. Listen to this guy. Here is Madison Cawthorn's definition of a woman. X chromosomes, no tallywhacker. And this gives me a chance to talk about biological essentialism. <laughs> <laughs> There's another crazy. There you go. Into the padded room you go, freak. That's what a sane, self-respecting society would decree. <laughs> now, this is not a person who's happy. Not a person who's happy. That's a face of a, a person who's in deep crisis. A confused man with clown paint all over his face. Can only ever pretend. Can only ever pretend. That's it. Can all here we go? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, it's not true. People have all kinds of chromosomes and all kinds of bodies. Women who no, no, people don't have all kinds of chromosomes. You just you can go to the you can go to the store and buy any chromosome you want. No, no, no. You just no, no. Stop. Nobody's impressed by this except people who are dumber than you are, who are more damaged than you are. Nobody is impressed by this. There are two formations, two pairings of chromosomes. That's it. And then, and then, and then of course, it goes to the, the, the chromosomes, and then... kinds of chromosomes and all kinds of bodies. Women. All kinds of bodies. So if your body is shaped in a certain way, then you can just say, well, I, I was not meant to be a man or a woman. So if you, if you look very, it's, it's the most shallow, degrading, self-mutilating cult. It, it makes no sense. And then they start going into abnormalities and people who have gone through medical procedures like hysterectomies. Listen. We've had hysterectomies, people born with certain conditions, but that's almost immaterial. Yeah, no, 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 no. That is the material. That is it. That is the crux of all this stuff. Because the, uh, the whole idea of you not being a man or a woman, however you were born, that you will always be, and never anything else. The whole idea here is you're, t you're picking apart very physical, confirmed things, confirmed realities. And to say that, oh my gosh, well, this woman had a hysterectomy. She no longer has her ovaries. No longer has a uterus. It was all taken out. She was having, you know, she had ovarian cyst problems or whatever the hell, uh, endometriosis, and there's, there's more than one reason why people get hysterectomies, and that's it. That, that does not open up the door for her to become a man. Doesn't happen that way. That doesn't happen that way. Uh, when people remove their appendix, what does that make them? Less of a human? W what are you talking about? Then he goes into just, just people who are just fucked up genetically. 
You know that you're not making a really good point here. There's no points to be made. But he's got lipstick on. He's got lipstick on and he seems like he's really, really having a good time and, and he's got it all figured out. Number two, it is a system of oppression. Hmm. Gender is a hierarchy and a system of oppression. And the easier it is to define gender, the easier it is to keep the oppression going. It's dangerous. No, no, no. It's not dangerous. It's as natural as it comes. Um, You just won't have anything for yourself if it isn't this clown show. That's it. This is a person who can only pretend to be happy because post-American society is a security blanket for the mentally ill and it enables them enables them it gives them agency where there should be none and that's what I'm, I'm saying this person if it makes them feel good to put the rouge on if it makes them feel good with the eyeshadow and the mascara and everything else they can go change their name down a town hall city hall town hall whatever it is um, they can do whatever the hell they want as an adult Dress up however you want. You can go and uh, whatever the hell, but that's all. That's all there is. Nobody's saying you can't go into a grocery store dressed as a woman. Uh, Nobody's saying that people aren't going to look at you and think how courageous, though, because it's not. It's not. It's crisis. It's a crisis there. And this is what post-American society has created. It, it is a, it's a security blanket for people with very, very serious issues. Very serious issues. And they're being put in charge of things now. All right? They're being put... You want to talk about the hierarchy? This is the new hierarchy. It's a system of mental illness. And um, it's crazy. It really is. And this is why ultimately you can't argue with them either. It's also why they freak out when a domain like Twitter becomes comes under fire from some kind of an outside buyer like uh, Elon Musk because, I mean, just like the psychotherapist, the media is their other big cleanup crew. If people are allowed to interact in unregulated ways on an unregulated media environment, then these psychos would have to defend their positions honestly, and there is no honest way to do that. There's no honest way to do that. You need to shut down most of society label them bigots, label them uh, some kind of aggressor, oppressor, and then you have, you have to make that legal distinction through your lawyers, through the ACLU, you through, through the ADL. You have to make that legal distinction, make that fight through the lawyers. You get your judges involved. You get your psychotherapists involved. You destroy, you smear, and you completely lock everybody's, everybody's lives down, their minds down. How, how long that holds together, I don't know. That's a that's a really bad stucco job. Really bad stucco job. Just don't know. But it makes perfect sense, especially with that Pew study, especially with its women, the white women beating them all to high degrees of mental illness. Um, and uh, when you think about that mental illness, it's, a, it's part of the reason why you can't interact with them. The interactions are so frustrating. They're often wrong. They're often wrong, but we're trying to own lunatics. You can't own them. You really can't. I mean, their schools are exposed daily of being weather underground puppy mills. That's what these schools are at every level. Weather underground puppy mills. It is race, sex, 
cultural subversion at every level of education. The abortion, the racism, saturated with porn because it's not sex ed. We had sex ed. What little it was, uh, we understood the functionality of the whole thing. And then everything else was just, you know, kids talk. We figure it out. Sometimes you have, in a converse, you have conversations with your parents. You have that talk. I had, I had some birds and the bees talks with my mom. She was very open about that. Um, so she, she didn't make it uncomfortable for me, but other than that, you figure it out, but this is not natural. Once again, just like gay lesbian people figure it out along the way. If you leave everything to themselves around 3% of the population on the high end will realize I'm attracted to people of the, of the same sex and that's their journey. Everything in their life is theirs to figure out and to and and to uh, and to, uh, to to make right with. That's it. But this is not natural. We're not talking about anything that's natural here. It is a gigantic op, and it's um and it, it's really laying the groundwork for some bad bad juju. Really bad, especially when you got those googly eyed Disney writers on tape saying that they are injecting queerness into everything they can find. Queerness is sexual programming. It's grooming. You are grooming children for sex. That's it. Because if you are queer, the only distinction, as we've said many times on this show, is sexual appetites are divergent from the norm. That is it. That's it. You pay bills the same as everyone else. You work, eat, sleep, all that stuff. If you're injecting queerness, you're injecting recreational sex themes. Recreational sex, because of course procreation is not part of the process there either. So um, it's, they, and they deny it. That's the thing I, I, I can't stand the most out of all this, is that it is in our faces every day, being exposed, kicked on, uh, uh, exposed under every rock that's been kicked over. And when you call them out for being the groomers that they are, or at the very least enablers for looking the other way, they tweet you the very same picture over and over again of Donald Trump standing next to Jeffrey Epstein as if, look, you just got owned. Now shut up. What, 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 apparently that makes everything goes, go away for these creeps. I don't know how it works. I don't know how that works. You can kick open a broom closet door and catch one of these monsters abusing a child. But if you make a little bit too big of a stink about what you found, then they'll flash everybody the picture of Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump standing next to each other again and expect everything to go away. Or they'll dig up some, some, uh, some article about a Republican that, 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 that abused a child as if, and then you start like, oh God, they're playing the party game. They're playing the two party game. They think that this is the two, Jesus. Insane people. Insane. And I'll tell you something else. One last thing for the uh, the end of the, the first hour. On April 6th, the night before I went down for the count for a week, um, in this studio we had on the show Judge Joe Brown, and we were talking about Ukraine and Russia. And what he saw, I asked him what he saw as the truth of the matter out there because, you know, prior to the show I had dug up some of his tweets that I think that a lot of us really appreciated. And that was the acknowledgement of how we have invested so heavily over the years as a government, long history of ignoring 
or I should say ignoring a long history of our sponsoring of a Nazi death machine in Ukraine, which is just blatantly being lied about not being there now. But then he embarked on, um, on a train of thought, uh, a train of thought. I said, you know, what do you think? So he brought that up, that obviously there's, a, uh, there's an untold history about Ukraine and what that, that country means, that area of the world means to people, what that government, that puppet government means to people in the West. So he talked about the military, a, a obvious, uh, if, you're, if you're somebody like Vladimir Putin, regardless of whatever kind of other motivations you have, you have a very legitimate motivation in knowing that there is a hostile military operation setting up at one of your southern borders, okay? And you have to deal with that. There is the idea of nuclear proliferation. There is the idea of biological experimentation going on down there and then of course there is the cultural subversion now it was around then he talked about the military end of it but then it seemed like judge joe brown had had gone and embarked on this train of thought that had to do with the emotional damage suffered by boys and girls at the hands of these cross-dressing social engineers here in the west he was talking about american culture like this what's going on in the schools and elsewhere and I knew exactly what he was getting getting to without actually him coming around to it. I'm sure many of you at home did too. Uh, it may have seemed like he drifted away from the topic, but no, he was saying that what is being done so brazenly here in the liberal West to children is, a, is, is as dangerous to humanity as nuclear weapons. It is 100% true. So if you want to talk about motivations as to why a country like Russia may want to um, BTFO some of the ops that are being run down there in Ukraine, that could be a part of it. You can say that there's other selfish, greedy, power-hungry motivations, and perhaps, but doesn't mean that there's a lot of legitimate ones mixed in. All right? Um, so at least in part... Russia sees the cultural cancer as one of the most significant threats posed by NATO, and they wouldn't be wrong in doing so. But if we can see, as we can see over here on the, in the West, uh, there is no neg- negotiating with this kind of enemy. So we're in a real tough spot because, yeah, we can pull our children out of school, and we can sue, and we can go and run for city council and, and, and all that stuff, but these are people who need to be removed along with their cleanup crews in the media and the psychotherapists, all their offices, their degrees, the lawyers. It's very, very rough. Rough situation, man. Really is. So that's a little bit part of it. We're going to come back. We're going to get to your super chats, take some calls. I want to get into the disappearance, at least briefly, the disappearance of Gonzalo Lira, which many people are saying that he's assumed dead at this point. In fact... Uh, a lot of people are giving credit to a transgender journalist out there in Ukraine for for outing him and helping him, even though he's been doing a lot of media. He's he's probably got nobody but himself to uh, to blame for being you know found by these these Ukrainian uh, heroes out there. Anywho, we'll get to that on the other ha- ha- half of the. Intermission. So I hope you're still here with me. Share the show far and wide. It's good to be back, ain't it? Ladies and gentlemen, 
Welcome to intermission. We'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Hey, you know what's really exciting? In about an hour from now, season six of Better Call Saul kicks off, and it's like a two and a half hour episode, but that means that I'm going to miss it tonight. Me and Lauren are going to have to watch it tomorrow, because can't start that at 11.30 at night. Anywho, uh, so good the writing on, on that show, so so good. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, into the gra- the super chats we go. First one up is from Chaz. Chaz says, "Hey Frank, did you z- uh, see Vladimir Zelensky's latest video? He seems high on drugs or something." Yes, I saw it. I saw it. If you- I don't know what the hell he's saying, uh, I saw. I was trying to look around for people to translate what's going on, but body language. Something, uh, something awful. And then you think about it. As I said, what is he really? I started getting the impression weeks and weeks and weeks ago that this guy was just the Ukrainian Justin Trudeau, a puppet um, through and through. I know that we throw that word around uh, uh, a lot these days, but sometimes there's just really no other way to say it. And you think about where this puppet is being caught between. I would want to be on drugs too. I mean, a, a, on one hand, you've got you've got um, these this this Azov, this crazy Azov Nazi battalion wanting you to keep the 
keep the fight going. You have NATO and the U.S. that want you to keep the fight going as well. They're trying to give you as much as you can. There's there's reports out there that they're starting to give uh, a lot of Ukrainian um, soldiers these these like uh, amphetamine drugs, these invincibility drugs, to make them want to fight. And uh, even if if thing, the situation is hopeless, it, I mean, you think about what's he's not a, a man of consequence, Zelensky. They don't care about fame. They'll they'll impart onto anybody fame. They'll give you time at the Oscars and the Grammys. They will they will turn you into a patch. They will allow your face to become the the you know the the figurehead of whatever brand that they're pushing now. But it's all disposable. They don't care. So you think about it. It's like, is he really a man of of that much consequence? He's a person that's that's stuck in between NATO and domestic forces inside the country that have been created by Western uh, by Western uh, intelligence. And then on the other hand, you have Russia that are that are that are out there, uh, you know, playing their own their their own hand that they've been given. So I'd want to be I want to be high too. I would want to be completely zonked out. That guy, uh, I, I God knows how long they're going to allow him to live. Because it's just going to get to a point where one day he's going to give a, a zonked out, weird interview and say the wrong thing and expose the whole farce. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. But yeah, it, it didn't, didn't look like a guy who's very comfortable. And you could say, well, he's a... He's a president in a time of war. Yeah, probably not a very comfortable thing. But then again, it's not a very uh, it's not a very conventional war either. Okay, here we go. Super chats, more of them. Stow Stoop says, "Great Monday, Frank. Just some support for uh, and glad to see you feeling better. Hope all the Franklies are well and everyone's Easter was great. Yeah, it was great." The baby was just fantastic. She had so much fun with all of her family. Um, all of her cousins and we made do of everything. Yankees played like shit. But there's just no, there's no biblical films. There's nothing. I caught the, I caught that the last 20 minutes of Ten, Ten Commandments was on last night. And I said, I'm not even going to watch it. It's the last 20 minutes. And then I saw that King of Kings went on at 10 p.m. on some other, some other uh, channel. I said you're going to put King of Kings on at 10 p.m. after Easter Parade? I got no problem with Easter Parade, but you're going to put King of Kings on at 10 p.m. on Easter Sunday evening? <laughs> should that should have been on like uh, all day? can't find it you just have so we're gonna we're gonna build up our own physical archives of all these these great uh classic films and stuff so that future holidays all you'll have to do is just cast quite frankly tv to your television and we will provide you with an entire holiday's worth of stuff so i can't wait for the the patriotic holidays we'll do that hey maybe we'll watch the patriot together don't tell anybody 
Mel. I wonder what Mel Gibson did for Easter. I hope he had a good day. Let's see what else do we have here. Uh, Cody says, you sound like you're back to your normal self. Miss you and glad to have you back. Thank you, Cody. Thank you. The What I got from this audience as far as the healing vibes, second to none. I appreciate you all. I really do. It's it's really the another another slice of the equation for me. I've got the the nurturing at home from Lauren, the baby, and then um, this audience is very very sweet. Hello Kitty, hello Kitty says Frank. I'm so glad you're feeling better. Dwayne and I bought Aurora some really cute stuff, and Dwayne bought you a one ounce silver bar. So please email me your address so I can get this in the mail. Thanks for all that you do. Well, that's very sweet of you. That's very sweet of you. Um, anybody that wants to send a holiday card or a letter or anything to um, the, the P.O. box, the P.O. box is right there on the Sponsor Us tab on quitefrankly.tv. So maybe we do some unboxings. I got a, a lot of great... Got a lot of great birthday cards from people. From all I got, I even got a postcard from Japan. That was wonderful. And my silver supplier actually got some, got some uh, assorted dimes and quarters again. So I was able to get an, another, another little sleeve of them. So there's that. That's my that's my uh, my alternative currency buy for the month. Okay, let's go into the Rockfin. On Rockfin, Todd Fife, thank you so much for the tip, my friend. It's great to have you out there. Good to see a good, uh, a nice little group of people hanging out on Rockfin again. And a very healthy group of people on the Rumble. It's great to see the Rumble growing. We're almost at 21,000 subscribers over there. I would love to get as many of the 90,000 people that, are, that were on YouTube on the Rumble. Especially after a show like tonight. I might have to delete this episode there. Just to keep the the con going. Hi Frank, glad you're back, says Linda Love on the foxhole. Not that many people on the foxhole tonight. I think that's probably because I screwed up at first. But you can go there and throw some gold pills into the the fray. Thank you again, Linda. And thank you, Boyce Blanc. I saw that from before too. So everybody's having a good time there couple of birthdays real quick. Number one, happy birthday to Sam. His sister Rebecca reached out to me last week and told me that he was turning 41 on Saturday. So happy birthday to you, Sam. I hope it was a wonderful, wonderful weekend. To Luke Halstrom. His wife, Steph, was telling me that he was turning 42 on Friday. And of course, I forgot all about it because I was still not right in the head. So, happy 42nd birthday, Luke. Hope you have a wonderful time continuing from the weekend. And happy birthday today in Arizona to Mr. John Urban. He sent me a picture of he and his beautiful family outside of a burger joint. I forget the place that it was called, but it was a burger joint. I was like, man, I want that burger. In fact, I might get a Texas burger tonight after I get out of here. Brought the hunger right back to me, John. But John was uh, wearing a new, quite frankly, shirt, and he was so happy about it. And um, 
I gotta tell you, stuff like that will always be very surreal to see people excited about wearing anything that has to do with um, this show and its merchandise. And for that to make any experience more complete with a family that obviously John loves, but most people do. When people send me in pictures of them and their family or anything like that, and some of them are wearing, quite frankly, stuff, the, the fact that I have in, enriched that family outing in any minuscule way is, um, is truly, truly amazing. And it got me so pumped up to get back to work to growing this show, to growing this show. Let's bring radio back in huge style. Okay, one last go around, and we have Stostube again. Oh, no, 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 that was from before. All right, okay, let's get into this next uh, piece of news now. From the East. Now, two or three weeks ago, I forget what it was, I actually did a episode. An episode that was named News from the East. It featured a, a, a short three-minute opening from a an Indian independent television network or an independent news network from India that was talking about the state of affairs in the Ukraine, not only Ukraine with Russia and what the, the real balance of power is over there, but how inept the West really is and how they're, they're really being taken to the woodshed. They're taking themselves to the woodshed. And of course, that's a bad thing because when we deal with the kind of psychopaths, psychopaths, we've, You've seen quite a few psychos here tonight. When we're dealing with kind of psychos like that, um, uh, all of their all of their wounds are not always going to be self-inflicted. And oh, I wish, should say that all of the damage that they inflict is not always going to be to themselves. They're going to bruise themselves up because they need to be the victim. But they're also going to point the finger at somebody else. So... Uh, that's what we're dealing with here. And if you and maybe you've seen over the weekend the 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 chemical the chemical weapons false flag thing is, you know, it's kicking around a little bit. They still they're still talk, anything can be happening with a a situation as desperate as it is for Vladimir Putin, you know. But now they're talking more and more about nuclear. Just just cutting right to the chase. Uh President Zelensky has been telling people uh, Ukrainians that they need they should take more anti-radiation pills I guess he's talking about those potassium pills which um, I, I that's not going to do anything for you if you are on you, you know you're in the blast radius of a a nuclear weapon it didn't do anything for the children in Iraq with all the depleted uranium um, so they're getting there but on the coupled with that piece of news that we got from that Indian, I believe it was called Republic News from India. Coupled with that was a, a short amount of dialogue from one Gonzalo Lira. And I was trying to get him on the show. I, I don't have any contact for him. I was just really tweeting at him aimlessly and I wasn't getting any responses. But he was making a lot of, a lot of uh, appearances on other people's shows. And... Uh, the knives have really come out for him. It's probably mostly glowies. They have really come out for him. Um, I've heard, you know, a lot of people distrust him. He's a, he was born in California to Chilean 
nationals. He was educated in the United States, a filmmaker. People have mixed opinions about him. But he went to Ukraine and he started laying down commentary on what he uh, what he has seen happening, the balance of power once again, and the kind of lies that are being told out there from Ukraine. And nobody was really wonder. Everybody was wondering how he was going to continue on like this, and uh, and have his life be preserved in some way. Especially when we know what's um, the the nature of that Azov desperate battalion out there. Well, here's a little bit of something done from George Galloway as he was appearing on. I forget where the hell this is. Moat. Moats, it's news or something. They were going to have Gonzalo on. And I had seen this on the Saker blog today. So I'm going to let you listen to George Galloway, who's a a former member of, I believe, uh, the United Kingdom's parliament or something like that. Listen to this. Galloway. It's with uh, great regret and even greater sense of concern and anxiety and more uh, that I have to tell you that there is still no sign of our first guest Gonzalo Libra. We spoke with him on Friday and booked this appearance this evening. He has not yet logged in. We have not been able to contact him. Over the last hours many many people from around the world have been messaging me saying that it is some time since they heard from Gonzalo Lira. Some time since he answered any personal messages. Now some of those were prior to him answering ours, if indeed it was him that was answering. It is a matter of grave concern, close to an emergency that this brave man, a Chilean citizen, and I hope the Chilean government is already cognizant of the fact uh, that their compatriot may be in grave danger in Kharkov in the Ukraine. You may or may not be familiar with the work that Gonzalo has already done. He has brought us right from the front line the truth as he saw it down there on the street in and amongst the war zone in Kharkov. His testimony may be wholly correct, partly correct, completely incorrect, but it is his take. And as I have been saying, how can you possibly know Uh, that the information you are acting on is correct if you do not hear the other side of the story. This is really... Yes, and he is missing. And here's a note from the Saker. It says, "If if Gonzalo has been seized by the local Gestapo, his only chance of survival is either being freed by Russian special operations, assuming the Russians can find out where he is held, or an exchange. To be honest, both options are highly unlikely. Um, now, it's, uh, it's, it's disconcerting to see 
to see the way that a lot of this is being well i mean i mean if you're getting this on 4chan or anything like there it's just a, bl- a bloodbath you know that's where people go to 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 laugh about uh families being destroyed but um it's it, it's something to be concerned about I was paying attention to what he what he had going on uh, he had going on out there, uh, just like that Patrick Lancaster guy, another independent journalist that is. I mean, of course, the left doesn't call Gonzalo Lira a journalist; they call him a terrorist because he happens to just see what's going on out there as something different than what you know Jake Tapper would would blubber all over all over himself uh, on CNN every night saying. And um, and then of course you have the cheering of of people like these these trans nut jobs like Sarah Ashton Cirillo, who has been pretty much celebratory for for um, the fact that Gonzalo is gone. I don't know what to do uh, as far as bringing anything else. There's nothing else to say on that, but wanted to bring that up. Because along the way, I found that his talks, at least portion, me, he went on for hours and hours. So I have I had people spotting good takes and good clips, and we incorporated it into the show. So that's just one way, uh, one thing to keep in mind. We can take some calls. It's 822. 822. See what you guys and gals are thinking. Might get off a little bit early tonight, but it's uh, no... We're already pretty much to normal time right now. 914-595-6953. Call on in. And while you call in, I guess I'll just do this story real quick, too. Infowars files for bankruptcy over Sandy Hook defamation lawsuits. Hours after we initially reported on the possibility of Infowars filing for bankruptcy, Alex Jones's Infowars on Sunday filed for voluntary Chapter 11 protection in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District of Texas as a result of the defamation lawsuits filed against Jones and his company by the parents of victims killed in the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. As we just noted, attorneys from Jones have claimed that the defamation lawsuit was filed as part of a strategy to silence Jones's speech on matters of public interest. Quote, this suit is only the latest in plaintiff's efforts to silence those who openly oppose their very public her- uh, Herculean efforts to ban the sale of certain weapons, ammunition, and accessories. To pass new laws relating to gun uh, registration and to limit free speech, Jones's lawyers said in a motion to, to dismiss the suit filed earlier this month. It appears InfoWars is already in precarious financial state as filing submitted Sunday uh, uh, listed an estimated assets in the range of zero to $50,000 and estimated liabilities in the range of $1 million to $10 million. They only have estimated assets in the range of zero to $50,000. The longtime InfoWars host had been slapped with default judgments in Connecticut and Texas after he failed to turn over financial information and other documents which his legal team denounced as collection actions and fishing expeditions. Well, he is being raked over the coals, 100%. Um, But I don't know how uh, bankruptcy works. Just don't know. 
what the strategy could be here, where it's all leading. But, um, but man, oh man, just keeps coming, keeps coming. Let's take some calls. Five seven five, so five seven four. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. Is Frank? Yes, it is. Please turn off the the stream in the background. Yep. Okay, I got a couple of things to tell you. So who is this? Anthony. Anthony. Welcome, Anthony. Okay. Um, you know the stuff in Ukraine. I've got a friend who's Russian and does a show in the States, and they have a lot of contacts around the world, especially there. And they sent videos from Ukraine to him of the politicians being uh, arrested or something and marching them down the street, the politicians, and they were surrounded by other people, kind of soldiers, and the people were cheering, kill them, kill them, kill them. So that tells you that Nazi thing is a full blast over there. And your show tonight about the, those uh, funny creatures, you're excellent. You're right on point. Well, I okay. I, I appreciate that, Anthony. So you're saying um, now I I and as, as I said before, and, and I appreciate the call. But what you're saying there, I have seen and and read similar things. Unfortunately for me, and I'll always I'll always be able to admit this is that it, because there's such a fog of war here and uh you know the war extends into the media extends onto all continents it's part of the psychological operation whereas some places in the in the world it is very kinetic right now and thanks again for the call but just like i was saying with with china in the in the opening i do not i do not doubt for a second that things are very very bad um out there in eastern europe or in china but I just don't know what the hell to believe. There are certain people that are more believable than others. There are certain uh, takes that have been a lot more rational. It, it doesn't, I mean, there's no, never a rationale for uh, hearing about the brutalization of, of civilians, women, the death of children. I mean, when war breaks out, if you're, if you're pro-war, period, then you're, you're a psychopath. Absolute psychopath. I don't know anybody who wants people to be at war with each other because there is always going to be collateral, always going to be collateral. There's no way to have a clean war. No way whatsoever. And then, you know, when, when, you, when you talk about all of the media aspects that are involved here, then it just opens up the door for picking apart all the different tragedies that war just gives. War is an abundance of tragedy. The, every aspect of a war is tragic, from the civilian toll to the military, uh, the, the military uh, toll, uh, economic toll, generational tolls, um, balance the transfers of power, uh, war crimes, legal after the fallout afterwards. What's the resolution, the reconstruction all about? It is. It's a. It's a, a bevy of 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 tragedy. But at the same time, you just don't know what the hell you're watching. 
I remember those first couple of weeks. You remember that? The first two to three weeks? How much of the information and all of the videos that we got were being tweeted out there by mainstream corporate news agencies that were from conflicts from years prior to 2022 in completely different parts of the world? There have been more than a few media outlets that have actually been caught sharing footage from video games from like first person shooter video games like some of the b-roll and stuff of uh, you know helicopters exploding and stuff like that so there's just so much there's so much um as far as as far as politicians being paraded down the street and people chanting for them to be killed and which side was doing what i don't know is it possible yeah and hopefully one day we'll we'll be able to get a little bit more of a clear history here. But I think the profile of all the players involved is just enough to give us an idea of what the overall goal is here. Because we're part of it. We're part of it. We were part of it before the war broke out in February uh, of this year. We were all part of it. This is just a continuation and expansion of the war that is being done with a little bit less violent means stateside even though things are getting increasingly whatever. All right, let's take a couple more couple more calls here, and then we'll take a quick break. Let's go on, Patricia. Frank, <laughs> God, it's been a long time. Hey. <laughs> so how's the baby? Oh, she's doing great. She moved out. She's yeah. already got her own apartment. How old is she? She already has her own apartment now. She's she moved out last yeah. week. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. She moves quick. <laughs> life is crazy, right? This has been going on for so long, right? I started watching you when you first started. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. No, you didn't. I've been watching you since Red Tail '78. Oh, that was yeah. years. That was many, many years after I started. Like in 2018, right? Yeah, that was that that was already over ten years after I started. But yeah, but you've been watching for a while, okay? <laughs> go go ahead. What else you got for me, Patricia? Uh, I'm just, you know, I hope this is all over pretty soon, right? <laughs> yes, I hope it's all over. Let's let's let it all be over, please. Let's have it happen now. <laughs> all right, I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a great call. That was a yes. I had, absolutely may it all may it all come to an end soon. I got her there. Anybody that calls in, I've been watching you since the beginning. I there are so few people who have. I'm going to call you out on it. There's no way in hell you. Can. <laughs> okay, let's take another call. Six one two, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Frank. Hello. I haven't been able to. Hello. I haven't been able to listen to your comments, so I hope this isn't redundant. I'm actually a dinosaur. You're a dinosaur? So it's really hard for me to operate two you... yeah, technological devices at the same time. Oh, oh, but oh. I, you're a di- I thought you were actually trying to yeah, tell me so that you, you are actual, you're an actual dinosaur. Well, only on Tuesdays. Only on Tuesdays. Okay. From what are... I understand, that's tomorrow. <laughs> are you on so... speakerphone? Because you're very muffly right now. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hold on. Let me... Um, there. Is that better? A lot better. Okay, go ahead. What do you got for me? Oh, here. 
Okay. So one thought about Zelensky becoming a bumbling idiot as he he you know descends into a, a drug-induced state over time. You know, we have one of those in our office here in the U.S. So I don't really see the problem there. I mean, honestly, they could they could they could all be CG at this point. How would we know? I know, I know. And, and as I said before, what, what's the real what, what's the real importance of a figure like Zelensky? He's uh, obviously been been uh, cultivated to create a little bit of a cult of personality. Um, especially mm-hmm. for recruiting, for recruiting support in the the old COVID audiences, the COVID cheerleaders from just a few yeah. months ago. All yeah. those, all those re- yeah, the repurposed NPCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody, everybody that showed yeah. up to New yeah. York City today. It's just a, um, it's it's just an emotional catalyst for people to continue in their delusions for sure. But I also think it's more than that, you know, because it's like in the medical. And in the schools and in the hospitals, the people who are really running it are hiding behind walls and walls and walls of bureaucracy. So really pegging down who is in charge of all of this stuff is like nailing jello to a wall. Forgive me for being cliche, but it's like we know George Soros, we know some NGOs, Bill Gates, and blah, 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 blah. But like, so then what? Right? Oh, yeah. So like if Zelensky is CG or he's a puppet or whatever, it's the exact same strategy we see in all these other places is that they just hide behind NGOs, corporations, shell corporations, money funneling someone's. I mean, my God, you know, at this point in time, I'm feeling like someone to work up to me with evidence that the world was flat and run by reptile people. I'd be like, yeah. You know what? I can totally get behind that because everything else is upside down. I can believe it. And you get to a point in life where it's like, look, you got to nail it down to like a few things that are unquestionable for yourself to stand on because the whole world feels like a mirage. Like everything on the news, the media, la, 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 like how much of it is really real? So I think through all of this, we have to like really get down to the brass tacks of like who we are and what we stand for and principles aren't something that you can wave a flag about. They're not going to come with emotional strings that are pulled by factions of any idea or the next. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think... um I think one of the greatest things that could happen it is it's what's happening a little bit more and more now. And thank you so much for the call. And that is uh, that is at least not not shutting up anymore. I, I particularly liked how she she sketched out those several layers once again. Those several lay those buffer zones of cleanup crews. And the administrative state. Because at the end, if you want to think of this like a virus, where all, uh, you know, you, you have the actual, the body of the virus, and then on the, on the outside you have the corona. You have all of the, the, the spike proteins there that just, that latch on the things and actually help make the, the, the affection, the infection take place. Well, all of the, the, the sickos that we were watching tonight the individual sickos; those are the those are the spike proteins. That's really it. Uh, everything behind it, the actual genetic information, the the plan of the virus, the the way that the the organism actually works and functions, that is something completely different. 
and um, and and those are just employed. We're, we're looking at people who are being employed and sent out into the world as pawns, while the kings and the queens and the bishops and they're they're, they're all staying back. They really are, and they're and they're uh, they're laying down all of the legal framework that actually upholds and promotes the kind of crazy. Now I I don't know what that means for the rest of the the world is it really just that the crazy people have taken over and this is really the way that they see things and we know that they're transhumanists so i guess the first thing that you would have to do to pave the way for this this willing this voluntary and state eventually state mandated marriage between man and machine you would have to deconstruct the the biological realities of our human existence because if anything can go, and that we, we, we're just coming into this new evolution of ourselves, then of course it's going to be a lot easier to tell people, well, you were, you were made for this chip. And think about all the depression that, of course, you, know, you only really have because you're, you've been taken away from nature. All the depression you had and this and that and all the other problems you have because of the other the medications we push and the shots that we give you and all that, you can regulate it through these new chips. It's wonderful. That's all that's all part of it here. That's all part of it. And and that bureaucratic state, whether they believe in this or not, or if they're just slaves themselves, they are they've been set up they have been set up to to really um move this along, protect it, and to employ a massive number of crazy ass pawns that are willing to go out there with the clown paint on and do what they do. Let's take a really quick break. When we come back, then we'll take a few more, and then I have a nice little story I want to leave with you. I'll leave with you for the end of tonight's show, so don't go anywhere. You just assured me that I could speak. Sit down inside the car. We're not assuring anything. We're under arrest. Look, I'm under what? Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Have a look at the headlock here. See that chap over there? Get your hand off my penis! This is the bloke who got me on the penis before. Get some cups. Why did you do this? For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Oh, that's a nice headlock, sir. Oh, ah, yes. I see that you know your judo well. Good one. And you, sir, are you waiting to receive my limp penis? How dare you get your hands on me? Ta-ta and farewell. One cup, look. <laughs> oh, shit. Beethoven just dropped, bro. Yeah, I just saw it. Play it, play it. Hurry up. I like that, I like that! Okay! He don't miss, he don't miss! So, we made a robot here, uh, Tesla Labs. Hmm? Uh, got pretty weird, got pretty weird. Uh, robot became self-aware. Hmm? 
and began eating people. Yeah, got very weird, very weird. Uh, killer robot got out, uh, escaped the lab. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 it will kill us all. It's going to kill us all. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a week to live, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. week and a half, maybe. So use your time wisely, I would say. Uh, watch Spaceballs. <laughs> great movie, great movie. May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> so, um, Happy New Year. Uh, this is the last one. Yeah, we're, we're all going to die. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, blah. we're all going to die. Mm -hmm. Hey, am I moving? Heck yeah. Join the Olympics. I got a couple of um you got a I told you guys this on on Thursday and Friday last week. But I spent I watched a lot of things. I wish I watched more movies. I got to find a way of doing that a little bit more without about uh there, it just creates so much more room to create uh topics of conversation for the show. A lot of things I hadn't seen in a while or new things that I wanted to see I hadn't seen. But there was other stuff that I did when I was sick. Especially once I was able... After I got past Thursday and Friday of last year. Last week. Once I got past Thursday and Friday and the fever had broken. And then I was just into Saturday, Sunday, that whole area. That's when I was starting to be okay enough to watch some movies. And uh, I did, did that. I was watching a lot of Fulton Sheen. Um, I had a good time. Oh, oh, you know the other thing there, too, I realized? When I first started thinking about what can I watch? What's some movies I can watch? The first thing I thought about, what's a good sick film to watch? And I said, oh, 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 Princess Bride. The Princess Bride, absolutely. Because, you know, Fred Savage is sick in the film. And uh, Peter Falk comes in and, and uh, sits down next to Fred Savage and reads him the book, The Princess Bride. And that's when I realized, oh, that this was on Friday around there or so. That I, and, I, and I realized I just, I didn't want anything to do with any of this, uh, any of this stuff. I realized that that is the most unbelievable part about The Princess Bride. That is being actually sick. And um, and having somebody come into your bedroom and read you a book, that is not going to fly if you're actually sick. I do not want anybody in the room with me reading me a book. Can't concentrate on anything except how horrible I feel. So that was the most unbelievable thing in that entire fairy tale of a movie. That is being sick but still uh, wanting your grandfather to, to read you a story. No way in hell. Not going to happen to me. So there was that. What else was I going to say? Um, I was talking to I was talking to uh, Abe uh, before the show too. Oh, for oh, I just got a text message from him. 
He said about tonight's after show, which is on quite frankly.tv right after we're done here in a few minutes. He says tonight's after show is a mullet of frankly programming business in the front party in the back. And P.S. Please stop calling Mark gay. Mark Swan, I guess. He touched the Willie in high school once, but it was just a little mistake. So please stop calling Mark gay. Um, And then he also says that Jesus of Nazareth is and was a legendary epic and so good. Some people watched it twice. I only watched a little bit of it. Only a little bit of it because I was getting, you know, taking the baby from place to place. I wasn't even sitting down during the middle of the day. I wish I had seen more. But, um, yeah, Abe was the one that that made sure that Jesus of Nazareth went up on on um, on the network over the weekend. He also said we are playing a mystery movie for Monday movie night, as well as some fun clips that include one three-minute video that I found on BitChute that shows how you are a Freemason and you and BCP are using Freemason code secretly during the live broadcast. It's great. Is this for real? Is this for real? And nobody told me about this? Me and BCP are using Freemason (laughs) codes? During the show? This, gentlemen, is democracy manifest. Oh my gosh. I, well, I mean. (laughs) So I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. You stay on the internet long enough, you'll watch yourself become... You'll watch yourself become the uh, the origin of the theory. And that's when your faith gets shaken in all other theories, at least a little bit. Once you see how people have incorporated you into theories and they're, and they're not just trolling, you know, um, and you actually see, see some people like really stake their reputations, whoever the hell they are, on you being some member of something You're like oh oh god help us oh man i'm telling you just look around uh read around but don't marry yourself to anything because eventually you'll come face to face with the fact that you have been the villain the entire time and you never saw it coming all right let's see i mean i know freemasons I was invited to be a Freemason. I told you October 5th, 2011 or something like that was going to be my initiation night. And just last minute, just wasn't for me. I told my buddy about it. I said, I don't think so. And they gave me the $100 deposit back. And also the, 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 the head guy at the lodge, he was a real pushy prick. And I told him, uh, this is not something that is going to be something I can put a lot a lot a lot of time to and he said started making it seem like oh no you have to put a lot of time into this I was like all right well that's not for me that's part of it but I mean I, I know plenty of Freemasons they're not they're not uh evil people I'm sure many of you out there know them too you know that it's not a across the board oh there are Freemasons so that's it that that's uh Oh yeah, my friend. My friend's a, a a pawn of Satan. Yes, yes, he's a third degree. No, he knows everything. 
third degree. He's, he's a heavy hitter, you know. <laughs> Master Mason, heavy hitter. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, gosh. What the hell was I going to tell you? There was something else. All right, well, let's just get to this. So on Friday or Saturday, uh, Thursday or Friday, that is where I, w- I should have really gotten this story together, but I didn't know it. I didn't know it until late night, Good Friday. Now, you all know of Jägermeister, right? Here's Jägermeister. That's the, that is the logo for Jägermeister, the stag with the crucifix, the stag with the cross. And I came across this really awesome story about the, the, the tale of Jägermeister, this imagery right here. And it has Good Friday underpinnings here, or overpinnings. So here's what it is. Uh, Fragile Sword of Anarchy said this, I had a patch with the Jägermeister logo, logo on it for years, and I didn't realize that it was the Jägermeister logo. I just thought, well, I guess that deer's a Catholic, and put it on my jacket. It says you got to admit it's kind of owns, and it is, it is an awesome it is an awesome logo. But then here, listen to this. Sharper and bigger said this about the Jägermeister logo. He says the cross and the stag symbol refers to the story of Saint Hubert, uh, an ancient Merovingian nobleman. The legend is that his wife Floriban died giving birth to their son, and his grief made him withdrawn and reclusive. He ignored his usual duties and spent day after day in the forest, distracting himself from the pain with extended hunting trips, abandoning both Christianity and his infant son. On Good Friday, just a couple of days before Easter, he was chasing a stag, and instead of praying, uh, chasing a stag instead of praying in church. Suddenly, the stag stopped, running, stopped running, turned and faced Hubert with a shining cross between the antlers. He heard a voice warn him that he was ruining his own life, and the voice urged him to repent for his negligence or else condemn himself to hell. The encounter changed Hubert's life. He immediately gave up all of his honors and wealth, acknowledged his son as his rightful heir, and set out immediately to find to find St. Lambert of Maastricht who treated him kindly and educated him about becoming a priest. He dedicated himself to faith, often using his great skills as an outdoorsman to gain the trust of pagans and atheists deep in the forest, gradually converting them to Christianity. Hubert followed his mentor, St. Lambert, and became a bishop of the city of Liege in the year of 708 A.D., Huber is the patron saint of hunters and is considered the first proponent of ethical hunting regulations. The holy stag allegedly lectured Hubert to hunt fairly, to kill quickly, and to minimize suffering, to spare trophy animals in their breeding years, to euthanize animals suffering from injury or disease, and to never harm females caring for their young. I did not know that there was a Good Friday backstory to the Jägermeister logo, which there was a time and a place for Jägermeister, and it is no more with me. Uh, mainly high school, when we were watching a lot of the Pantera home videos. I remember drinking Jägermeister, taking shots of Jägermeister in the, in the, the, the parking lot in high school, 
prior to Spirit Day, we had to play the the teachers in the volleyball game in the the gymnasium, and most of the seniors were drunk on Jägermeister. And it was just I don't know, you know, it's just it just you leave it all behind. It's just something about the something about the licorice taste that's just not good anymore. And then the Jaeger bomb stuff was made it a little bit slightly less tolerable. I don't know. I don't know. But did you ever hear of the, the I heard always always heard that there was a drop of elk's blood in each bottle. It's probably not true. Then again, now we know it it's a stag. Is an elk a stag? It's just another way way of saying it. I don't know. But that's your belated Good Friday story. Sponsored by Jägermeister. Not sponsored. All right, well, listen. That's it for me tonight. I want you to go out there and have a good time. I'm going to go to your Super Chats right now. But remember, this gives you some time to get over to QuiteFrankly.tv. There's going to be movie nights tonight. You're going to learn about how I have been taking you all for a ride, and I am a uh, an instrument of Satan, me and BCP. So you can go and hang out there and have a good time. I will be there. I will be there shortly. I just have to go get dinner settled, and then I will be there. All right, let's go. Jay Bruski says, can we all move in with you, Frank? Well, that's impossible. But thank you, Jay. Kaboomer, thank you so much. Radar, thank you. Uh, Imeriflow says, Jupiter awaits you, Frank. Come on down. 10TCB, BCP says something is likely to happen on July 1st. Maybe it'll all end. You should have him on. He is going to be on. BCP was going to be on on the 27th. Then, of course, we had scheduled the rescheduled 14th uh, show with the band. So I'm trying to get him on on the the 26th. Well, the 25th, I don't know. I have to uh, get in touch with him again. But he says that something's going to happen on July 1st. Okay. I love having something to look forward to. It's always exciting. I just don't put any money on it anymore. Not that I ever did. Athena540 says, my world is good. Baking bread and watching Frank. Oh, send me some of that bread. I love bread. Mikey Guru, Ukraine, biggest foreign donor to Clinton Foundation, $69 million, all we need to know. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Uh, GG, GG1, GG1 over there on Rockfin says, you're the best. Thank you so much, GG, and thank you, Todd Fife, everybody hanging out on Rockfin. Thank you to all my friends on the Rumble and, of course, on Tipistream. Let's one more time through the, uh, the roll here. Doc Keck says, while liberals are deluding others into calling individual delusions a legally protected class, the same entities responsible for slavery, Jim Crow, Nazism, Bolshevism, and the world financial system have released Balaam uh, in, uh, in gender theory guise. Balaam. Uh, I want to know more about this. Doc, you always bring something really interesting to the show. But I, uh, I, I kind of get where it's going. Sounds familiar. We'll do that later. All right. Go to quitefrankly.tv. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And thank you for being wonderful company on my first night back here in the studio. Tomorrow is another day.
another night, and I'm excited for it. Nighty night, everybody. Bye-bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with the foxhole. I have now released the scratching. Thank you once again to Todd Fife and GG1 on Rockfin. Thank you to everybody on the tip of stream, Doc Keck, Stostube, Cody, and Hello Kitty SKS. Tomorrow is another day. Thank you for tonight, and enjoy, enjoy all the after hours programming on quitefrankly.tv. I'll be in there with you soon. Okay, Chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife.